Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Jesus, Gavin, stop crying. It's been five days. I I know. I know he's not going to get impeached. But you're not going to get deported. If worse comes down to worse, we'll find a hooker to marry you. Ass. The following podcast contains... Like F you and and, and S and stuff like that. And then MF and stuff like that. Those are not... Those are... Those, those are, um, they're not, they're not words. Those are names of spirits. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you got all disappointed when the thing that was never going to happen didn't happen, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 29, 2019, Who Will Save Our Souls edition of the show, where we talk about the Mueller report, because fuck me, I got to. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking broadcast is brought to you by Deal With It, the services that help to cope with disappointment. You find yourself perplexed when long-laid plans go awry, lost at sea when your hopes are dashed, disappointed by those you depended on. Try Deal With It. Our professional copers are here to guide you through the pain and frustration of discovering shit rarely goes the way you hope it will. We will help you stand up, wipe off the tears, dust yourself off, and get the fuck back at it because life sucks and no one gets any rest until they're fucking dead. So when life comes at you with an unhappy dose of reality, don't lie there and cry. Try deal with it because the only other option is just to fucking take it. I'm, I'm having doubts about being a cop. You know, it's, it's not like how it is on TV. Like, all I do all day is I fill out forms and paperwork. I mean, this is what I do. It's a point well taken, Tony, but you must understand, although it's not exciting, it's a very important part of our work. Yeah, but in all my times as a cop, I've never, I've never like chased a guy across a crowded city square. <sighs> I've never, I've never hung on to that part of the helicopter. You know that part underneath the thing where it lands? Do you? Do you know the yes, part? Yes, I know that part. I've never hung on to that. I've never even commandeered a vehicle. Now that sounds like a lot of fun. And that's the other thing. You're, you're too nice. <laughs> I'm too nice? Yes, you're too nice. Why can't you be like the captain on Starsky and Hodge? You know, where you come in and you haul me into your office and you bore me out because you're sick and tired of defending my screwballed antics to the commissioner? Why can't you do that? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't report to a commissioner. I report to a committee, some of whom are appointed, some elected, and the rest co-opted on a biannual basis. It's a quorum, so to speak. A quorum? Yeah. Captain, when I joined the police force, I thought that I was going to be Serpico, but instead I'm like, I'm like Fish from Barney Miller. I loved detective shows growing up long before the new, the modern true crime boom. Hawaii Five-0, Beretta, Starsky and Hutch, even Ironsides were required childhood viewing. And detective shows taught me the important truth that even the most brutal and horrific crime could be solved in 47 minutes without commercials. If you had the right team of wisecracking, hard-bitten cops... I got news for you, Cosette. There's no such thing as hooker-client confidentiality. 
Maybe there would be a two-parter if Columbo had a particularly difficult case, but the guys were always caught, sent to trial, and then sent up the river. When I became a cop, I more or less thought that that's how investigations work. You'd check out the crime scene, pick up some shell casings on a pencil, then spend the second act interviewing witnesses until some, some suspect slipped up, and you nailed him during the interrogation with the evidence. Confess! Liar! Confess! Turns out, investigations got really, really mad when a street cop dicked around in their investigations, which uh, was just like on TV. And real investigators are also profoundly fucking boring, unlike on TV. Now, admittedly, Air Force cops didn't investigate murders or anything like that, so most of the time they're looking into the theft of, I don't know, 300 pair of jump boots from a supply warehouse. Put it in the major crimes pile. What? But somehow, the actual process is even more boring than that. You spend most of the time just reading paperwork and checking inventories. Once you do solve the crime, the interrogation goes something like, you have the right to remain silent, you can have a lawyer if you want one, and the guy goes, yep, you know what, I'm going to take a lawyer. And then it's done. The interrogation's over. I didn't even get to slam a phone book on the table or anything. And after seeing how the sausage is made... I could never quite enjoy my detective shows in the same way because I knew that a good 40 to 60% of the time after checking out every lead, interviewing tons of witnesses, and examining all the evidence, you're forced to report, We ain't found shit! Or, even if you did find someone, you didn't find enough shit to prove the person you know did the thing did the thing in court. It's frustrating as fuck just to know that someone is guilty and not be able to make a case on them. You don't see much of that on the TV shows because people hate it when things are unresolved, which I guess is why a lot of people are so pissed at Bob Mueller right now. Special Counsel Robert Mueller submitted his findings on the investigation into Western interference in the 2016 presidential elections and possible coordination of conspiracy between the president's campaign and the Russians and into potential obstruction of justice by the same people. For two years, people on both sides of the political aisle watched and speculated on what the report might find. And then Sunday, we found out when the Attorney General published a summary of the report's findings that what the special counsel had found... We ain't found shit! Yeah... I could spend a lot of time recapping the results of the investigation, which actually did find a lot of things, but people in actual, put people in actual prison and exposed how deeply the Russians were fucking with the elections. By all standards, Mueller did a fantastic job and exactly what he was hired to do, and yet the universal reaction by a certain set of people in America was... Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom! Because the report did not expose the orange hate as a pawn of Putin, a hand puppet for the Russians, and possibly a kidnapper of the Lindbergh baby. On the right, the crowing about vindication exoneration started nanoseconds after the findings were announced. And to be sure, we still don't know exactly what was found as the letter from the Attorney General contained, contained exactly two sentence fragments from the, from the actual report in a full four pages of bluster and blather designed to minimize even the fairly damning does not exonerate the president from a justice of justice charges that did make it into the summary. So what have we learned? Nothing whatsoever. We are just as in the dark as we were a week ago. What happens now? Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. We can all just keep going and see what happens now. Yeah, it's not a very satisfying feeling. Yeah, I could see how some of you are not really happy with that result. I've said from the beginning, wait and see what Mueller says. And I've said a lot of things about the Mueller investigation. 
some of which has not been borne out because it was pure speculation. Other things turned out to be remarkably prescient. Let me quote to you from episode 156. I don't know what Mueller has found. I have no idea if Trump was all in on the Russian thing. It's possible. It's equally possible Mueller has found that Trump, over a long career of grifting, stealing, lying, intimidating, money laundering, conspiracy fraud, and sexual assault, has, you know, stole, lied, intimidated, laundered money, and committed sexual assaults, but not actually done anything with the Russians. Actually, that's entirely what he found, because that's not even a secret. We just sort of let it slide, and he made it so obvious that, you know, now we got to do something about it when he started doing it on a national scale right there in the White House in front of everybody, unquote. You see... We've all seen Trump is corrupt and criminal. The evidence has been laid out in public for three years now. So what the fuck, right? I mean, how is it possible that Trump and Russia did not conspire to influence the election? Again, I'm speculating because we haven't seen the report, but my guess is Hanlon's razor has saved the Trump presidency from the Russia investigation. You guys know what Hanlon's razor is, right? It's a pretty simple axiom that says, never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by stupidity. And that sums it up. And look, if I never was fully on board the mullet train, I certainly spent a lot of time in the station watching it pull in. Even without the ironclad conclusion on collusion, there were plenty of reasons to wonder what the fuck was going on. So many people lying to the FBI, recusal of top officials, and the open fucking admissions that you took meetings with the Russians promising to provide information. I always more or less assumed that Mueller had the dirt on Trump because Trump is just so fucking dirty. There was so much horseshit spewing out of the campaign in the White House, I thought there had to be a pony in there somewhere. Now, I and a lot of people on the left are discovering that sometimes... You mean no pony rights? And all we are left with a big pile of horseshit. Now, a lot of people, not all of whom are Trumpsters, are crowing about how stupid we all were for falling for the Russian hoax. Their logic is that Democrats and the media became so obsessed by Russia that we focused on it to the exclusion of everything else because we couldn't see the forest for the vast vast swaths of clear-cut obstruction and Putin humping. We effectively guaranteed Trump a second term in the White House. Critics on the left are particularly shitty because, I don't know, while we were talking about things like the rule of law and norms in government, we were not throwing ourselves against the barricades of capitalism and seizing the means of the production for the proletariat. And cable news, my God, they have lost their goddamn mind. Rachel Maddow has gone full Glenn Beck. She's a storage unit and a ball of red twine away from having the full story. And MSNBC's ratings shot through the roof because they decided early on to ride the Trump tra- the Russia Trump train until it derailed. And they'll spend this next few months covering the derailment in breathy, quasi-conspiratorial tones because angry, scared liberals around the country will happily spend three hours a night hoovering up more and more Mueller. The fight for the full report, the political machinations of the Trump machine to spin the material, and long theories about what Mueller really meant when he scratched his nose during the inevitable testimony in front of Congress that's going to come up. And you know what? Good for them. Let them make their goddamn money. Because a shitload of people will be right there with them. The more enthusiastic Mullerites are already spinning the narrative to fit their worldview. McKay Coppins wrote in The Atlantic on Thursday, quote, For now, at least, there remains a strong contingent of Trump-Russia truthers who are determined to squeeze every last click juice, the ounce of click juice they can from the Mueller story before it turns rancid. In this crowd, the most popular theory of the moment is that Barr's summary of the Mueller report, which has not been released to the public, is part of a sinister cover-up to protect the president. Some of this skepticism is understandable, of course. It's entirely 
it possible, even likely, that the full Mueller report contains damning previously unknown details about President Donald Trump that are not reflected in Barr's relatively brief summary? We'll know for sure if and when the report is made public, but if the Attorney General was dramatically mischaracterizing its contents, in the meantime, it seems unlikely he'd go unchallenged by those in the know, which is why the savviest resistance content producers are ex- experimenting with creative messaging pivots. Occupy Democrats, for example, served its 7 million Facebook followers an old photo with a Monday of Donald Trump and O.J. Simpson accompanied by the sarcastic merit message because we all know if you're not convicted, you're not really guilty. But that's only the wild-eyed quasi-conspiracy take on what happened. A more balanced and reasoned take on the Mueller report came from Pod Save America when they said, quote, How many times have you yelled into the microphone, Bob Mueller's not going to save us? The former Obama White House speechwriter John Favreau said to his co-host John Levitt on Sunday's episode. We've said it for like two fucking years, and we did it because we wanted to be able to say this right now, Levitt cracked. We were ready, unquote. There are endless supplies of takes and opinions on what we missed, what went wrong, and how the media got it all wrong. Trumpers are taking a victory victory laugh on this and saying, see, we told you no collusion, as if they were free and clear of any wrongdoing in the past and protected from accusations in the future. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. If Mueller is done with his investigation, that doesn't mean the Southern District of New York is done with their investigations on the myriad non-Russia-related end of crimes individual number one is committed, like campaign finance felonies and subordination of perjury, things that are on the record in court already and are, by the way, highly impeachable offenses. If that is the magic bullet you were looking for, Trump has committed so many crimes that he can't even keep straight all the crimes he's crimed. So he just didn't do this one crime personally of collaborating with the Russians, he was just lucky enough to have sufficient distance between Manafort and Stone to keep his nuts out of the fire. And frankly, they were all kind of stupid to think this would just make the slightest bit of fucking difference in the first place. Mueller was never going to get rid of Trump. He's never going to get him out of office. It was all a fucking pipe dream from the word go. It is and was an unhealthy obsession and a diversion from the real work that needs to be done of getting Trump out of the office the way that it's always been done. Voting the motherfucker out. We keep looking for shortcuts, expecting TV endings, and we keep being disappointed by the results because life is not television and politics is not Twitter. And I'm not saying we stop investigating. We've got clear evidence of crimes already committed. A crime alert. There are big ones all over the place. So let's focus on the crimes we know about and use them as a talking point to drive home to anyone who can be convinced that the man in the White House is criminally corrupt and criminally incompetent. It turns out this whole investigation was kind of like when your mom would come up to you and say, I know what you did. And you start lying about a whole bunch of shit that eventually leads to her finding the weed in your sock drawer when all she was saying is like, look, I know you got a D on your math test. There are millions of, America, of Americans who don't read lawfare and can give a fuck about Preet Bharara. They tune out the constant drone of opinion and political punditry because they've got lives to live. They don't watch Matto or All In with Chris Hayes. They catch the nightly news at best, and a lot of them don't even do, do that. And a lot of them don't want Trump impeached, not because they think Trump is a good president, because they are tired, tired, tired of all the bullshit, but think that fucking impeachment is is just a bridge too far for them. They just want it all to stop. And these are voters, not people who just don't give a fuck. And our job is to give them a reason to vote for someone besides Trump in 2020. 
And here is the hard fucking truth for a lot of fever dream liberals who believe the great awakening is at hand. That if people in middle America just knew what is in it for them, they would flock in droves to the kindly outstretched hand of democratic socialism. Have you met any Americans? I mean, besides the young, educated coffee clatch gathered to record your weekly recap podcast of Chapo Trap House? Because I have. And they are a bunch of ill-informed, uneducated provincial motherfuckers who fear two things in life more than anything else. Anything that disturbs their carefully cultivated little vision of security in their neighborhoods and anything that smacks of change. Even amongst the best of them, the ones who are not out loud or even quiet racist still have a twinge of that good old-fashioned white pride when it comes time to start doling out well-deserved recompense for social ills. They hear the word socialist, and they go back right to Cold War thinking. You cannot erase three generations of capitalist indoctrination and American jingoism with a grumpy octogenarian and a young woman with big ideas and a really sharp Twitter feed. They will accept only as much change as the most timid among them will allow. It will take a generation of slow, careful, methodical deconstruction of the old way of doing things, and by the time the millennials are reaching their peak political, social, and economic power, you'll still have a long way to go. All you can do in the meantime is elect politicians that gradually implement progressive policies and hope to fuck the threads holding this fading republic together hold together long enough for the aging right-wing shithead base to die off and hope enough of the younger generation of right-wing shitheads don't succumb to the opioids and fascism and you can keep the country together. Personally, I'm not real thrilled at your chances. I figure 30 years from now, the whole fucking planet is going to be a global shit tsunami that will kill off most of us, and it'll be a goddamn good thing, too. Because I will be dead, and right now, I'm tired of talking about this shit. That is it for our show this week. It was a short show on a big and complicated topic, and I could have padded out 45 minutes of long clips of Trump shit talking for the ca- or the cable pundits shitting all over themselves over just everything, but no one wants to hear that, and I don't want to do it. I thought about not even discussing this shit at all because I'm fucking just done. Spring's coming and I'm ready to leave the house for a while and not spend my days with my nose buried in Twitter. If the world is going to burn, it can probably burn without me watching, watching the flames for a few days, you know? There'll be plenty of climate change, blister hot summer days ahead when I can stay inside and think about how badly the world is on fire. And honestly, I don't think it's just going to matter in a week or so because you know Trump is gonna take something that is actually good for him and turn it into a six-ring monkey fuck circus in just a couple of days. Shit, they're already taking taking on Obamacare again. I mean, it's like he doesn't even want to win in 2020. And if you're feeling a little down about the Mueller report, I understand. And here's something that should at least make you feel a little better. Because no matter how badly we are fucked up right now, at least we are not the United Kingdom and fucking dealing with Brexit. Those fucking poor bastards. Speaking of poor bastards, rate this poor bastard of the show where you get your pods. Follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and find all the shows at what the hell what the hell podcast.com and the show name on SoundCloud. For me, Dave Serpico Bledsoe, producer, detective Fish Gavin, and all the fictional homicide squad on the show, we want to say people living your lives like they are on TV say they're better than you and you agree, which, unless they are actually the cast of Barney Miller, is just wrong. We'll see you all next week. Says, come here, boy, there ain't nothing for free. And now the doctor's bailing, lawyer's bailing, another cute, cheap, thrilling, I love him. If you put him in your will, but who will save your soul when it comes?
the Kings podcasts.